Welcome to the Woke Blokes Podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Polly's up and about. She's up and ready to go. Polly's pumped. Look at her. She looks. Oh, she's looking at her. Oh, hey, Dad. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Woke Blokes Podcast. It is Ryan Hassan here from the Center for Healing, and as always, I'm joined by Nick Sutherland from MindFit, and we are super, super excited for our guest today, Taylor Harris. Taylor Harris, AFLW footballer for Carlton. Yep. Yes. The mighty, the mighty Blues, and also the Australian boxing middleweight champion right now, so a multi-sport star we're talking to today, which we're very, very excited about. But today we've got you on, Taylor, not just to talk about your uh, athletic achievements, but we're really going to talk about mental health today, because you know there's a lot of a, there's an incident that happened uh, last year, 2019, and um, brought up a lot of stuff around internet trolling and around, you know, mental health struggles and everything uh, for you. And I know it's a space that you're very passionate about now. So we wanted to really get you on today to, to have a chat to you. Me and Nick, we just spoke before we pressed record, did a whole episode. Feels like a long time ago now, Nick. It was episode number three, yeah, three right. or something, you know, um, all about internet trolling and like, where, why why is this happening? And why are keyboard warriors writing this stuff? And, and that was to do with what happened with you, Taylor. So I'd love to know a little bit about since that time, since that all happened last year, year maybe just some lessons you've learned around um yourself and not just the negative stuff that came out at the time but also the support that's been thrown behind you as well yeah for sure well that experience was a an interesting one and one that I had to tackle on on the go so I had to make a lot of decisions that were either gonna hinder or you know make my um my advocacy campaign go well or it was going to you know, go down in a different path. But thankfully, I had a lot of support and I had a lot of people that I could rely on and ask questions of. And um, I felt it, there was never a moment where I felt alone, which was pretty incredible. Um, I think the fact that I've got at, you know, at any instance, 30 plus people that I can just contact from the footy club being teammates or um anyone involved in our program is pretty amazing. And it's, it's, I'm very fortunate. Um, not a lot of people have that. And I think that's what sport is, you know, like it's a, it's a, you've always got this network of people that you can just contact anytime. And it's just, it's unreal. So I had that, but thankfully again, I had even strangers, you know, showing their support, whether it be online or getting in contact. And I thought that was amazing. So the, the whole time I was just, I was on a mission and I felt really empowered and I was not going to stand down. And uh, thankfully I had Alex, my manager to rein me in a little bit as well. So I made sure I was very articulate and um, said the right things at the right times. And that's basically how it unfolded. I just was on the warpath and I was not going to accept no, and I was not going to stand down. So I had a radio interview in the morning and then um, after that radio interview, things went wild. So many media requests and things. It was mid-season too. So generally I'd kind of put that aside to focus on playing, of course. But this was more important, I felt, at the time than um, necessarily... I mean, it was, a, it was a prelim at the time too. So of course it was important, but I felt like I could dedicate the time needed for this. And I did. And we had a press conference, I remember, it was at 4 o'clock before training, um, 
And we basically just said to anyone who asked for a media request, just be involved in this press conference. I'll say it all. We got there and it was pretty funny because I rolled in with socks and slides as I normally would. Didn't think anything. I thought it would just be pretty standard press conference. But no, there was, there was cameras. It was like paparazzi. Like when I was getting out of my car, there was all these cameras. It was crazy. Like I'd never thought it would get like this um, just for standing up for myself. But what I took from it is that people obviously needed this. They needed someone to, to you know, give these people a whack and say, no, that's enough. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people do do this every day. But for someone who was and happened to be in the public eye at the time, I mean, if it, if it wasn't for the season that was happening, if it wasn't for the fact we were in prelims, I'm not sure it would have went the exact same way. But everything kind of worked out. And then... Um, I guess personal lessons and experiences that I learned was, yeah, that support network that I was exposed to that I'd never really had to rely on before was right there. And there was not a moment where I felt that I couldn't just pick up the phone or I had this constant stream of people checking in, which was pretty amazing. And that for me was great. So then I kind of adapted, sorry, adopted that in my life. And now during isolation, I've made a point every couple of weeks or months to check in on everyone, everyone I know and, you know, care about. Um, if I haven't already, of course, I'm going to talk to people along the way, but if I haven't spoken to someone in a little while, I'll just send a message. Hey, what's up? And it's not even a, are you okay thing? It's more of a, how are you? And then I'll read the room if that yeah. makes sense. So it doesn't have to be that kind of straightforward um, upfront question. I think it can be, if you've got that friendship, I think you can kind of read between the lines with, with your friends. And there's even so much so I've learnt, like the difference between saying, how are you? And they say, good, thanks. Or I'm okay. Or not bad. Like they, they all mean something different. And I'm kind of learning for each person what they mean. And then I kind of ask more questions. And then it's not that uncomfortable or not that scary conversation. It's just a general conversation, but you, you're actively listening. So that's something I learned because um, that's kind of what I wanted and that's what I got. So it made me feel amazing. So I want to do that for other people. And then, of course, just that ability to kind of stand up for myself. Yeah. I always have. Um, but I think all of a sudden, like, nothing's too big. Like, I'll just, if I feel if I feel it, I'll say it. <laughs> I just yeah. don't, don't care anymore. <laughs> like, I'll just say anything. And publicly, um, if, if I genuinely think it needs to be said, even if it's going to rustle some feathers, I'll just say it. So that's where I'm at right now. And um, That's fantastic. And I think it was really this, um, uh, like a moment in time, like you said, like, yes, you had the, you were playing football and it happened at this certain time, but we're also at a point, I think, in society where this kind of um, keyboard warrior and trolling thing had been slowly building and building and building as we became more and more of an online society. And and it was this time where a lot of people were trying to work out, well, what do we do here? Like, do we um, just start attacking back at these people? Do we give them no energy and hopefully they'll go away? And I think the, being at that right time and your stance of, I suppose, not so much attacking, but just standing up for yourself and standing in your own power um, was this sort of middle ground that I think is a really beautiful way of handling it. What are your thoughts, Nick? Yeah, I, I love what Taylor was saying about how she was asking, how are you? But it got me thinking there's a difference between how are you versus how are you feeling? 
And so I think if we can start adding Thelium, it, it sort of negates that um, ability for people just to cover up and just to mask it. Because if you just say, how are you? Yeah, good, not bad, especially blokes, you know, we're, yeah. we're going to sort of hide our emotions and not be too expressive. But if you say, how are you feeling? They, they actually have to go inwardly and start searching and seeking. So, yeah. Um, I've, it's funny you said that. I have a friend, Matt, and he's in the same space that we work, and that's how he'll uh, talk to me. It's like, how are you, dot, dot, dot. Like internally, <laughs> and it's, like, it's like okay, now I've got to really talk about what's going on, you know. <laughs> I'll use that. <laughs> Thanks. I'll definitely. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, because when my clients turn up, I'll say to them, "How how are you feeling?" And they'll say, "Good," and I'll say, "That's great." But that'll work in a supermarket when a checkout person asks you, or that'll work when. You know, you go to your grandma's house or something like that. But in, in this session, I genuinely know how you're feeling. So yeah. good good isn't on the spectrum of emotions. So yeah. we've got to sort of push people and challenge people to really, um, yeah, learn how they're feeling. Like, And there's, there's a lot of work using emojis these days, like which emoji are you? Because you know, <laughs> you know, people just don't know how they're feeling. People yeah. aren't in touch with their feelings. Yeah, it yeah. reminds me of like what stage of isolation are you in? It'll have like some actress in different scenes and you have to choose which one you are. <laughs> um, Taylor, you said uh, the word mission there. So mission generally tends to mean, you know, something that we're doing outside of us, something that's bigger than us. So sort of since that incident happened, um, what do you feel like your mission is, if you could, if you could sum that up? Well, I still cannot comprehend why people think it's okay to attack people online. I just, it'll, I'll never get it. And I mean, I, that's a good thing because I don't want to understand, but I just, it, it baffles me more than anything. And I, I guess I'm on a mission to eradicate it, of course, but it more so to educate people. And I suppose those people, not only people who are exposed to it because that's the reality right now. So we need to help them understand and give them methods to combat it, give them, uh, strategies to you know to get past or get over a particular incident or comment but these these people who are the bulliers in primary schools are kind of with for example with sexism it's ingrained up until probably now nowadays so i think with primary schools um and my partner's learning primary school teaching right now and so I'm watching and I'm actually listening in on the, the Zoom lessons and I'm hearing all these great conversations about, for example, we, there was this video and I watched over the shoulder and it was these primary school kids getting asked, you know, what, uh, can you describe it, an airline pilot? Can you describe a nurse? Can you describe a doctor? And they're all men or actually a doc, a surgeon, not a nurse. And they're all men. And, I mean, I'm sure everyone's kind of seen this video or at least heard of it or something, but it's so telling that young people assume women and young girls, of course, in this video, they just assume that they can't do it and they're not going to be it. So then the next thing that happened was those women in these professions came in and one girl said, oh, they're dressed, they're in dress ups. And it's still like, it's so sad. Wow. The young girl just not 
knowing or not not being aware that she can dream to be anything. And be whatever she wants to be. Yeah, exactly. wow. And so I don't, I don't know how old that video was or anything, but it was just really telling. But I was so glad that that video was shown to the next generation of teachers so they can do the opposite and they can make sure that straight away young girls know that they can be anything. Uh, and I suppose when you're showing on the whiteboard or, or whatever, when you're describing someone or what you want to be when you grow up, it's instilling that belief that, if some, if a young girl says, which I would have said, you know, a, a police officer or or an Olympian or something like that, then yeah, cool, let's do it. Like no problem. It's never a like a hesitation. So yeah, yeah. I think and I think the tide the tide is turning. It's so good to hear that this is what's being taught now in in primary school, and we're going to see I think the flow on effects of that over time. Um, and I did read that you wrote a book. Is that correct? Yeah. More than a kick. Yeah, and uh, was in your spare time? Was this uh, aimed to help uh, young people, especially um, women who are going through some struggles of this type? Yeah, for sure. It's a it's a tool. I want to call it, and it's targeted towards teenagers. And it's something that in the conversation when we were deciding to write the book, my vision was to have it in school libraries and to have access for young people and old anyone, but especially young people to grab it and just flip through it. And in the back half, there's a lot of advice uh, from not only myself, but uh, people from Our Watch, which is an organization about domestic violence and uh, women against women and children. So, I mean, it all kind of wraps into one, this abuse word. So I suppose it's applicable all over, but it's, it's not only that, but it's also about me as well, growing up the way I grew up and, what I was exposed to, which was thankfully, I had a great childhood. I was very fortunate. I had parents who were really encouraging of everything I did. And I think hopefully people can relate to some or a little bit or a lot of my childhood or things I went through when I was growing up. Then they can kind of feel that I'm not just someone on TV talking about something. And I was. And also it helps them not feel as alone because I think you said through that whole process that you went through, you never felt alone because you did have this, um, the word tribe, I think, comes to, yeah. to mind, this really supportive tribe. And I think yeah. especially with teenagers and especially um, females, uh, like cyberbullying is such a big issue and it's hurting a lot of people and a lot of um, young women are you know, hurting themselves and committing suicide and this kind of thing because they're feeling so alone. And you know they may may not they may not have parents at home that are um, have a very high emotional intelligence, yeah, just because well, of those different generations. Another thing that I've tried to be really you know open and accessible about, I've had every day some someone will send me a message, whether they're kind of on Instagram or Facebook or something, just reaching out and saying, "Can you give me some advice?" and whether it's very straightforward and I need advice and struggling, or if it's just kind of you know, sometimes a mum will message me and say my daughter's or son is going, having a tough time in isolation, particularly now. So no problem. I'll send a quick video saying, hey, keep your head up kind of thing. And I think it takes me 20 seconds or a minute max. And I'm more than happy to do that. And I actually posted a video not long ago. And not only because it's isolation right now, but it kind of tied in. And I said, I'm a bit, I'm a bit um, peed off that these websites 
that uh, make you pay for a celebrity to say happy birthday or whatever. Um, like who's going to pay 25 bucks or whatever for, or more, 25 plus for a 20 second video that, what, what am I going to, like, you know, I, I, it makes me real angry. It's like, I, I just do it. You know, it's going to make someone's day a week. And the messages I get back, especially parents filming their kids watching for the first time, they're bawling and they're like so thankful. And it's the best thing ever. Much more awesome. valuable than any 20 bucks to buy. I'll just spend it on something stupid anyway. So <laughs> that's why I'm at, like, especially right now. And I've got such an amazing response. Uh, and I just, yeah, I just was really agitated about this whole pay for 15 seconds of my time. No, <laughs> I'll just give it to you. Like what, what's the point of living if you're going to just make everyone pay for everything? Yeah, Tyler, that's, I think what you said before, Tyler, about um, trying to eradicate it. I think the best way to sort of eradicate is through education. And so, you know, I think we've talked about it before, has that Nelson Mandela, the, the most powerful weapon we have in which to change the world is education. So I think a lot of ignorance is out there and that's not a judgment of people. That's just a literal fact that people just don't know any differently. So if we criticize and condemn and punish them, I think that has probably an adverse effect where if we can look beyond what they're projecting and you said you, you, you can't understand why these people do it. And I think Ryan and I understand why they do it. And it's usually because of a deep insecurity. It's because they're hurting themselves. It's because, uh, you know, if, if there was no computer, if they were in person, they wouldn't have said these things to you because they would have had to be accountable for their words. Yeah. Uh, and so that wasn't there as well. So yeah, there's, there's, there's a, a deep reasoning for, for why they're doing it. And I think in, if we if we start attending to to their hurt and suffering and start healing them, then it's going to put them in a position where they can be more emotionally healthier. But conversely, we need to work with the adults and the parents to get them healthy as well. So it's yeah. sort of that there's lots of layers to it's an onion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And actually, this is that's funny that you brought that up because I'm watching Glee at the moment and okay. It's such a classic storyline, like the bully um, he, or the school jock, I think they're called in America, he's yeah. gay and he, during school, like he acts out and bullies relentlessly the gay kid and it's just such a classic story. And then he kind of comes out and it's just a big unfolding. He then apologises and then he ends up with that guy. Like it's all just, but it's just mm. such a, the star, where, like the bullying happening and Glee, the show, showing the reason why it's happening was a pretty interesting thing. Like, because generally you don't really work out or or they don't really kind of unravel no, that. It just shows that first behaviour. And, you know, the, the, the saying is, uh, one of my favourites, is hurt people hurt people. And so we don't, as someone who isn't really, you know, happy and content with their life, doesn't wake up in the morning and go, who can I hang shit on today? Or who can I put down today? Or what? who can I cause trouble to today? It's people yeah, that are... It's not a conscious decision. It's not a conscious yeah. decision. Yeah, it's just like if I have pain stewing in my body, I want to get that out in some form. Mm-hmm. And um, and this is where bullying and stuff does come into play. So yeah, the, the, the education piece uh, is key, both in schools but and with and with parents. But like anything, oh, this is this... This, this is, like I said, this just this slow progression um, that is happening. What were you going to say, Nick? I watched a, an amazing video on, you know, Tony Hawk, his brother Steve Hawk, and 
I'll take you both in it, but it's a story about girls, Taylor, and um, my partner's daughter was going to represent Australia at the Olympics for skateboarding, and she's only 17. Oh, wow. And uh, she went over to the States and did a camp for a year and everything, um, but then a couple of her friends committed suicide down on the peninsula, and so it sort of, yeah, took her priorities away from her training and everything. Um, but this Steve Hawke story was amazing. It was about these two, he was watching these two girls at the skate park and one of them was trying to impress all the boys and dressed up and you know, wearing makeup and everything. And one just was standing on the edge of the ramp waiting to drop in and just overcoming her fear. And it was, yeah, this, this amazing, it's called the blowjob story. And it's, um, <laughs> so don't be, don't be the girl giving blowjobs to impress. It's be the girl trying to drop in because uh, as soon as she did that, everyone erupted and was like, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, definitely tag me in that. I don't want to Google. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good one to Google. Not a good one to Google. Yeah, tag us if in. Tag us check in your search history. <laughs> that sounds cool. Yeah, it sounds cool for sure. And, I, and that's me. Like, I was that kid that didn't care about, like, all I wanted was my turn in the lineup. I just wanted to go down the ramp do a yeah. trick, probably stuff it up and do it again a million yeah. times. And for sure, I saw those other girls there kind of sitting on the side, not really participating. And I didn't, that's fine. You know, that's, that's your prerogative. You do that. But I'm here to ride my skateboard or scooter or bike, whatever the flavor of the month was, and yeah. just do it. Like I'm not here for anyone else. I'm here for me. And I'm here to drop in the bigger ramp instead of the medium sized one today or yeah. You know, my, my dad's come down to watch me, so I better show him what I've been learning and to yeah. show him. Your focus was on you, not me. on trying to impress people. Yeah, yeah. Which is such a I testament. Mean, which is such a testament to your upbringing, by the way. Like me, I mean, yeah, me, me and Nick working with with people every day, you know, and it's and it's unraveling these stories of deficiency which start in childhood, and you can tell when 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 someone's had a great upbringing and really a real testament to your parents when someone's doing something for themselves and feeling safe to speak their truth instead of what is going to impress other people. Yeah, a hundred percent. It, that's it exactly I was and I've said it a million times I was so fortunate and I know it and of course growing up around other kids who perhaps weren't so fortunate and it's not like I can just give them my parents but I have to <laughs> at least appreciate and I do now as a 23 year old for sure but I think at the time I still really appreciated the fact that I had that freedom to if I wanted to join up for any uh, I chose sport but any activity or anything I had that uh, that blessing and I think that was yeah I think, a lot of- I, th- I think you're giving that back now as well because like when this incident happened you would have been what 21 22 yeah 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 so you then had the strength to be able to stand up you know at that age and speak out and stand in your power um which a lot of people regardless of gender um would have had a lot of but trouble the, tro- the trolls are also passing on their stuff but it's it's toxic because that's what they were given so yeah. Yeah, Taylor's passing on the positive yep. stuff that she was given, but the trolls are passing on the toxic stuff. And if, if we had a troll here and you know, said, what's going on with your life? I'd say to them, what happened to you wasn't your fault, but it is your responsibility to heal and to learn how to be a positively contributing member of society instead of you know projecting. Sure. I actually have a funny story. Oh, that's not 
that funny, but it's a really Come interesting. It's got to be funny now. It's, I'm, it's I'm, ready, I'm ready to laugh. I'm ready to laugh, Taylor. Let's go. <laughs> so there was this someone, and I can't remember exactly what they said, but it was pretty, you know, brutal. Someone said oh, how shit I was or whatever. And I went back to the, because actually I remember that whatever they said before, but the last sentence was, you hate men. And I went back to them because, like, clearly men in my life are, in, like, the most incredible influences on me and I wouldn't be anywhere without them. So there's no way in the world that could get confused. But I went back just maybe being a bit of a smart ass, but I went back and I said, who hurt you? With a question mark. And I kind of like that, you know, that's just a comeback that mm. can be taken in many different ways. But this person, which was incredible, and I'll never know if they were being completely serious or whatever, but they came back and they said, and it was in direct message, they said, no one's ever asked me that before. Thank you so much. Like I, I was, I did go through a lot. Um, I've deleted the comment now. I'm so sorry for saying those things. All the best. And then that was it. And I just replied with, thanks for reaching out. Like really appreciate it. Take care. And it was just an incredible interaction. And it was purely just me saying, you know, asking that question and whether I genu I, I didn't know that this would happen. So I, I probably meant it not expecting any reaction or if anything, expecting the opposite. And that's what came back. And it was just an amazing little, little thing that happened. And yeah. hopefully that person now has a great week or a great year or whatever it might be. But, and maybe they won't say that stuff again to someone else because maybe someone will come back with something just as nasty and then, you know, that or he in that case is, um, yeah, I, I don't know. You could think the worst. Bring some on that quote, if I'm wrong, um, educate me, don't belittle me. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Sure. And so these, these people out there are doing wrong. And, and if, as I said before, if we just criticise and condemn them, then we're not really helping them. We're not going to affect any positive change. But asking a simple but powerful question like that, yeah, it's amazing. It is. It is. It's it's so powerful. I, I've had the same thing with our with our centre and some of the, our harshest critics early on uh, end up being friends and like end up mm. some of end up being clients because it's like the people are having a go and I'm because at the time when we started I'm like why are they so critical? We're just like trying to help people with their mental health and their addiction issues. Like why are they so... But then it, once again, instead of attacking back and just saying, even in private message, just saying, hey, I know she left that comment. Just want to say I respect your opinion and I love you and then just leave it. And then all of a sudden, same thing comes back. Actually, actually I'm really struggling because this happened and this happened and I'm so sorry. And, you know, that's why it's, it's like watching Glee and seeing that the, the bully, what was happening at home and all that kind of thing. And um, we'll understand that, yeah, hurt people, hurt people. And some people won't get that message straight away and they mightn't send a DM, but, that, but it'll get them thinking. Yeah. yeah. So even if so you could say who hurt you, they might be like, no one, fuck off, you know, blah, 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 blah. But then they'll they'll start thinking and they're like, hang on, I am hurting here. And that, and that, that might that fuck off thing. That'll be their defense mechanism. That'll be their yeah. protecting their hurt. Yeah. It's like I'm not going to give you access to this really tender spot within me. You're not you're not you're not going near that. But then they'll go away and they'll go. This has been there for so long. Maybe maybe I don't need this tender spot there anymore because all of this is hypersensitivity. Yeah. 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 And this and the more. This is truly 
and onion. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. And I think if it, based on what we've spoken about today, I mean, the key is this education piece. And so there's either this, this positive energy being projected or this toxic energy being projected. And then over time, the more education in schools with parents, um, adults who were realizing this within themselves and then doing their own work on healing all this stuff, all of a sudden the scales start to tip and there's more positive energy and less toxic energy. Because like... But if, if we can heal the kids though, if we can heal people, when someone comes at you and tries to provoke you and tries to trigger you, if you've got nothing to get triggered, then you're just going to sit there and you're going to be able to be compassionate towards this person. You're going to be able, yeah. be able to be empathetic and understanding. You're going to be able to say, hey... What, what's going on? But if you have got, if you haven't done the work on yourself, and if you've got your own stuff going on, you're going to get triggered, and you're going to get reactive, and they're going to get reactive, and it's just going to, yeah. you know, get really destructive and super unhealthy. So, yeah, I think if we can all take a bit of personal ownership over our own happiness and do some work on ourselves, then when the when those that are hurting do come along, they're not going to trigger us. And we don't, and we're, some people get caught up as well because they're like, oh, that means we're accepting what they're saying. It's like, we don't accept the behavior. We're not condoning it. We're not condoning the behavior, but I'm still seeing a hurting human. Has your puppy just come inside, Taylor? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a schnauzer. A schnauzer. I feel left yeah. out. I'm the only one without a puppy. I'll go. There's about three in the streets out here in Thailand, so I might go grab a random dog. <laughs> so grab a gecko. <laughs> Gecko, <laughs> mate. There's a gecko that lives out the front of my steps. It is. I can't believe how big this gecko is. I didn't know they got that big. They're giant. Anyway, they bite apparently, so I'm not going to bring it. Don't grab in. it by the tail. They'll just drop them straight off. Oh really? Hey, Taylor, I've got a question yeah. for you. Uh, <laughs> We've got off track. How did you stay? How did you stay present when 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 it was all happening in in the when it was, shit was hitting the fan, how, how did you stay present? Well, I I think that network that I was talking about, they, everyone kind of brought me back to earth. And I think every time people would make or have an encouraging thing to say or perhaps give me some advice or, or whatever it might be, it kind of reminded me that I'm not doing this. I'm by myself. I'm not some hero that, you know, did everything without any help and or anything like that. So I think every time someone would give me some advice and I'd take it on board or at least kind of add to that, um, you know, that mountain that I was kind of creating, it reminded me that this is not like I'm speaking, but it's I'm speaking for and I'm representing a lot of people here. So I needed to remember that I'm just one person who's, you know, involved in this situation. I just happen to be in front of the camera, but there's hundreds of thousands of people who are not necessarily in front of the camera who are as much um, playing a role in this particular unfolding. And I think that that probably was one thing. And then also I would like to think that, again, the way I was brought up allows me to remain you know, grounded and, and humble. And I think that's something that I always hope to be and I will continue to try and be is humble because otherwise like I don't want to be I don't want to lose my friends I love my friends and I think that's something that it's just a, a classic story like you get too too big for your boots and you kind of forget about the people that got you there but I don't that's the last thing in the world that I'd ever want to do because I just have the best people and I always joke about like 
I don't really want to meet new people because I'm, I'm full. Like I've got so many amazing people right now. And it, like, it, of course, that's a joke, but and I'll meet a lot of great people still. But like, I just kind of think about my people that are around me right now. And I'm just like, I'm just, I've, I've won. I've lucked out in this department. I've got some great family and great friends. So that's so that's, good. yeah, certainly the rest. That's of awesome. Have you, have you read a book called The Four Agreements? I don't really read books. <laughs> <laughs> I look at pictures, um, but I, I suppose I could try. I, I, you know, I try new things. So <laughs> an, you can get it on an audio book as well, so you can listen oh, to it while driving, perhaps. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> that's, um, I think we did a whole podcast on it, and I think it really would it speaks about what you've been going through, and one of them is don't take things personally. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll listen to the audio book. Yeah, when you say pre- when you say uh, uh, how did you remain present, Nick? And I think Taylor, like presence is, I suppose, the removal of a lot of fear. And and when we're speaking just on behalf of ourselves, we get very fearful. It's like you know, if you were just jumping up in front of the media or whoever it is, and it was just about you, then all of a sudden we do get fearful and everything. But it's like if I'm speaking for a bigger cause, and there's a whole a lot of people who are struggling out there, and I'm I just happen to be the voice for them, then I think that can help us be a lot more confident and a lot more present. And I suppose that leads me on that leads me on to the um uh the bronze statue that you had uh, erected. What was that like? Oh, that was wild. That, that, like, I remember I got the call to say, you know, we're doing this. And I was like... Who was the call from? Who called you? I think Alex, my manager, did. And she said, you know, NAB want to do this. And it was in the, um, the first phases. So it was probably 50% going to happen and then, you know, it might fall over. But I remember thinking, I was like, are you sure? Like... I- <laughs> You know, what for? Like I had to go through a real process here. And quite quickly I realised and my first instinct was to think like, oh, well, it's not about me, is it? Like I just happened to be in the photo. And I actually suggested, I said like, why don't you have no head or have it as like a real silhouette, like a full blank. And obviously that wasn't really appropriate. (laughs) It was probably much better to be the actual photo. Um, so I, you know, I was like, okay, cool. Like if, if it's going to help people, if it's going to allow people to have a talking point, but as soon as I kind of understood that I knew straight away, this is going to come with a lot of, again, trolling and a lot of criticism. People aren't going to bother to understand what it means. Aren't going to bother to ask, you know, what, what it's for. Instead, they're going to just decide that I don't deserve it. I, don't, I haven't done anything in footy, which I agree. I'm 23. Of course I haven't, or 22 at the time. Of course I haven't done anything. And I'm not saying that or never, no one ever was saying that. But I'm happy and I'm happy to take a bit of that. Like, you know, it's obviously I'm, people are going to be ignorant and not going to bother to understand. That's fine. I can just kind of brush past them. But I think that and whether it's a few conversations that get started or a lot, people are going to see it or hear about it and say, what is it for? And then do a little bit of research and find out the story and then maybe they can relate to it and then that could help them. Yeah. And that's all yeah. I, all, genuinely all I care about. And I actually well, rang my mum. It's incredible because it, it wasn't really about Taylor Harris, the person. It's, it it's about, a symbol. It's a it, symbol. Could have, it could have been Debbie Stevens or Michelle Rodriguez or anyone, but it's so, I think it's so great that it was you because of what you've been able to do with it and, and it was a catalyst for change. So yeah. we're so thankful that it was Taylor Harris. 
Um, but yeah, well, and initially it wasn't about you as a person, was it? So was that hard to get your head around? Yeah, it was. It, it because of course, typically a statue is about a person. Um, mm. Well, actually, the one, the, there's a couple that come to mind, a couple of statues. Of course, the one of the Olympians and there was the Australian, like the two American Olympians who did the, the mm. fist for yeah. Black Lives Matter now. But um, the Australian, it's actually a really interesting story if you wanted to read about it. And I can't remember his name right yeah. now. The Australian standing on the podium as well, he actually had a pin on yeah. that he got a lot of, a lot of hate and criticism for. But I think that's not only did he get no credit or no, you know, like he wasn't even really acknowledged. But now, after he's told his story, the fact that he did that in that time is unbelievable. Like, what an amazing, strong, and, you know, someone who's got some incredible morals and things on the world stage. Like, you know, I was, it ended up. Well, imagine up. if social media was around then. It would have been. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, that would have been even more wild, but I just think it's an incredible story. So, of course, that statue is something that since the statue, like I don't think I would have really known about it had it not have been for the statue of, of that particular yeah, right. event. Uh, and then the, the other one, which is the Fierce Girl statue with the, the little girl in front of the bull in New York, uh, yeah. it is. Yeah. I didn't know about it again, but someone did say to me, because we're talking about statues, I guess, and they said, have you seen this one? And I Googled it. And I thought it was, I thought that's such a cool statue. Like, and then when I Googled it, I couldn't find a picture of just the statue. It was all people, young girls and women standing with it, kind of being proud and owning it. And so I think, and I hope that's what mine becomes or the statue of me becomes, I shouldn't say mine, but the statue of me becomes someone, some young girl can go and stand next to it, smile, proudly say, hey, you know, like I um." That's what I stand for too. I, I stand up for myself. I am strong. I am an athlete. You know, like I think that's something that I would love to happen, and it has already happened. So it's achieved as much as it needed to achieve, and it will just continue to have those conversations and make people. Think Do you sneak up to the statue at night and just sort of do the stuff for that guy? Oh, that's my out there. Oh, yeah. the door for it. <laughs> when it's in Fed Square, it's no longer in Fed Square. It's now at uh, I think it's at NAB office somewhere um but i remember one when it got revealed of course i was meant to be there so it's just no one really thought anything but then one time i had to get the train from flinders street i think i was going to footy and i had to walk past it with my friend and i it was such a weird feeling like of course no one's gonna i can't message someone and say hey like do you have a statue like what do you do when you walk past it <laughs> like Kevin Bartlett doesn't really reply and like Nick hey, babe. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, and so I was like, I, I shuffled past real quick because I just, and no one cared, no one's looking, no one's going to notice. But I was just yeah. like, acknowledged, I was like, hey, there is. And then I kept walking. Who was, who was the photographer? Uh, Michael Wilson. He's oh, that's right, yeah. Have, have, you, have you guys had a chat about the whole thing? We sat down and had a cuppa and a chat about. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. Like, we, we laugh, you know, like it, for both of us. But without him, this wouldn't happen without. You know, yeah. me, that it wouldn't happen. So it's just, we kind of, yeah, we've got to do a lot of things together. We've taken um, more photos, like trying to replicate it kind of thing, but it's just not going to happen. Um, yeah, it's that was one special moment, wasn't it? Yeah. Exactly. And he won some awards, which was amazing. He won the, the yeah. Quill, which is some big award um, in Australian journalism, which a photographer I don't think has ever won. 
the golden quill, I think it's called. So yeah, he's certainly gotten what he deserves, which because he's an incredible photographer. That picture, sorry, that picture is cool, but I mean, like, as much he's taken much better of people flying through the air and you know in random yeah. position. When Scott Penderbury kicked the pigeon or like bounced on the pigeon, pretty sure he took <laughs> that one. Like, how well, did he get that ever? <laughs> what the hell? Did, did he? Did he know the? The power of it, like when he saw it for the first time, did he go, shit, this is a powerful photo or was it just another photo for him? I, I, he posted it kind of saying, you know, wow, like look at that leg extension kind of thing. Like he didn't really think um, too much more than there's an athlete kicking the footy. It's a good shot. Yeah. It's in frame. It's focused, you know, like that kind of stuff. So, but, so without, without the trolls, it wouldn't have actually taken off and got to where it is, would it? Well, it, actually, this is... Another like layer to it, there's a photo from, I think, 2017 or 18. I was playing for Melbourne in the exhibition series. There's a much better photo of me kicking the footy like with leg extension. I'm literally doing the splits in there. And that one's way cooler, like in terms of levers and like science and stuff. <laughs> it's way more impressive. But like, I mean, that one went around the place and uh, a lot of people thought it was cool for a while and then it died off. But this one, of course, is so interesting because of the, the angle, the, um, yeah, everything that happened after it. But, yeah, in terms of the photo, there's actually, or in terms of the kick, I should say, there's a better kick. There's plenty of better kicks. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a story and it's pretty cool to talk about. And I, I reflect on it. I'm definitely proud of it for sure. Um, but I try, like, I try not to take, as you've noticed, take ownership of what happened because it was me and a lot of people involved yeah. in which is what's jumping out to me big time like for like someone your age it's to remain humble and not let your ego get involved and realize this is more than just about you like i commend you so much for taylor it's amazing because mm. i know me at that age i was an idiot i would i would have let it go to my head for sure <laughs> oh. and um, i just think i i just think that it's um yeah uh, uh commending you but also the people around you as well and um and the way that you're handling this and um you know i'd, I'd love to know maybe what your plans are moving forward or what your mission is moving forward i saw that you're a you're an ambassador for the our watch um i don't know if they're a non-for-profit or that organization yeah, yeah non-for-profit and i mean they're well actually another layer again patty kinnersley who's the ceo of our watch works at carlton on the board um and she's who i called to kind of cross check that I was saying the right things and that I was, mm. I did mention that what well, I, I just assumed that I thought that this was the start of something when someone, you know, trolls someone or makes, um, you know, sexual in, innuendos or, or these kind of sexist comments, is that the start of perhaps domestic violence? And I thought, yeah, well, yeah, it is, isn't it? Because in these profile pictures, even if it's a fake account, but sometimes they were profile pictures, and one I remember so clearly of a dad with young girls, like it just, and he said something repulsive. And so it's kind of like, well, wh what does that mean? And then I kind of, I rang Patty and I spoke to her about it and she confirmed for sure, like this is the start, like go for it, like let it, you know, let it out. Um, and it's, it's uncomfortable to talk about, especially because I, I actually don't have any experience in that sort of stuff. So it was something that I felt was a really, sensitive and difficult topic to talk about, but one that I knew had to be spoken about. 
So it was kind of a, a little battle in my mind. And I was like, there's no way I'm not going to say it, but I had to confirm that I was saying it right. So of everything that I was saying, that particular side of things, when I spoke about domestic violence or abuse and things, was very like calculated and scripted, um, thanks to Patty. And then, of course, after it all kind of settled down, I kind of, yeah, we were chatting and we thought it would be a great partnership and one that was really natural and organic. And I was actually, I guess, in the market for some sort of, you know, charity or organisation. I really wanted to align myself with something, but I, I said to Alex, who was going to help me find my manager, I said to her, I want it to be really organic and natural. I don't want to just jump on board, you know, something random because I think it's the right thing to do. I wanted it probably two years since we had that conversation. And I decided that our watch was the one and I didn't want it to be half a dozen different charities I align with. I wanted it to be the perfect fit and that's mm. our watch. Awesome. Well, we'd, we'd love you to listen to the, the troll podcast we did because we, we talk about, yeah, when it becomes banter and then when it becomes action. And so, yeah, we'd love to sort of do a follow-up, catch up with you after you've had a listen to it and where we can dig a bit deeper into that um, area if you want, because I think it's really important. Yeah, definitely. I'll, I'll for sure listen to it. I, um, I can't wait, to be honest. I'll listen awesome. to it today. Taylor, we thank you so much for your time. Um, is there any message you have for anyone out there, maybe specifically any young women out there who are struggling at the minute, maybe copying a little bit of you know, abuse, whether it's minor, severe, um, and are going through some stuff? Is there any message that you have for them? Well, I think rely on, rely on your people. Rely on your friends and your family and just know that no, like people don't – like it's scary, it's daunting to talk to someone about your feeling, of course. But I think you'll find that, and generally people are good people. Of course, they're good people deep down. So if you kind of understand that if you're going through something, you can kind of almost guarantee that someone else is going to go be going through something. It might not be the exact same as well. And you opening up and saying, hey, I need some help here or I need some support, that might actually unlock something within them as well so all of a sudden not only are you getting some support you're also allowing them to open up as well so if you're that way inclined like you, you love to help people then that that's a way and that's a that's a method you can go for and then also i think with the like with the bullying and stuff itself i think using tools on social media and they've developed and advanced a lot in the last few years like there's like blocking is easier um deleting is easier and uh there's all these features on there that you can of course report but you can actually have particular words that you can type in that will never show up on your stuff um and so if you okay. if a word is kind of haunting you then you can put it in there and you'll never see it so or i think you'll you won't see that comment if it contains that word so i think that's a it's another really thing important. and then the last one i guess is asking your friends and this is something that i um I have one particular friend, he's Paul Robinson, and he's the best. Like, he's such a, like, he's a cool dude. Like, he just plays footy with his mates in Geelong, and he, he's just, you know, like, he's got that street cred. Um, he, has a, he has a cool T-shirt business. Like, he's just the, the cool dude. And he always, like, goes out. He has no qualms with kind of going back at people, not in a disrespectful or nasty way, but just kind of asking them why. Like, if someone says something mean about women's footy, and it's not just me, he's, sticking up for it's women's footy in general or women in general 
he's just really passionate about it. And it is so impressive and it's, I appreciate it so much. And um, every time I see him in the comments, you know, replying to someone and he doesn't have to, of course, he could just leave it, but he kind of says, and I just feel really nice about it. I'm just like, oh, he's, you know, he's my person and he kind of sticks up for me. So do that for people. If you're confident, like do that for your friends yeah. and make, and let them feel like they've got protection and, it's like on the footy field. Like you want to feel like you've got protection. Yeah. Looking out for each other. Uh, speaking yeah. our language, Taylor, and that first one was so important. If we're, we're vulnerable, we give permission for the other person we're speaking to to be vulnerable as well. And we'll find out that we're all human and we're all going through some shit. <laughs> uh, it's just part of yeah. this human condition. It's, good to also, it's also good to create some accountability and, and, and not, not push back necessarily, but... but, but but challenge people and yeah, as, as you may pull it as, where's that coming from? Without without it being a toxic reaction, emotional reaction, just a really calm and present, you know, a genuine curiousness. Where, where's that coming from within you? Yeah. What's, going with, what's going on with that? As opposed to the as opposed to the tennis match when you're just arguing back and forward and and, and it never ends. It's just yeah. like what's going on here? What's and, going on and, here? And some you know some wittiness doesn't go astray, and yeah. some yeah, clever comebacks is yeah is fun too. Well, that's what the podcast's all about, Taylor. I'm sure you've picked up on that by now. That's the, the, the humour, the banter. The, you know, no, no, no. Awesome. Thank Taylor Harris. Thank you so much for joining us on the Woke Blogs podcast. Uh, I'm sure the listeners have taken so much out of this, both men and women. And um, we really appreciate you and keep uh, keep speaking your truth and keep ruffling those feathers. Thanks so much, guys. Yeah. My pleasure. Thanks, Taylor. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much and we'll see you all next time.